Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. One of the best ways to grab the attention of your attendees, the attention of an audience, is through effective storytelling. And today, you're in for a treat because I have on storytelling expert and presentation coach Dave Bricker. But before we get into his interview, I have got to tell you this story about some theme music. Hey everybody, welcome back to Campus here at Trade University, the podcast for virtual and live events where we help you get better results for every event this is the best place for you to be right now because as we are moving forward, virtual events continue to, to gain speed, gain momentum, and we are starting to see maybe a little little light in the distance for uh, for live and hybrid events, which is going to be so amazing. Man, I'm just I just get kind of goosebumps when I think about getting back in front of people again. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And you know what else would be awesome <laughs> as I as I am recording, it is a very very cold day here in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and I I just dream of being somewhere tropical, being on a beach somewhere where I can do some sand sculpting. One of my absolute favorite things to do of all time is just uh, put me on a beach and I can sand sculpt for hours. Which reminds me, I think I need to find somebody to do theme music in steel drums, which would be amazing. So, uh, I don't know, I'll have to... I have to check into that. But today we have on a just uh, this is going to be a fun fun episode because I want you to think about how do we get people's attention? What is a great way to really draw people in and that is through telling stories. Think about uh telling storytelling and story time when we were kids or if you think about back to that kindergarten classroom or if you're a parent telling stories to your kids or maybe you loved when your parents told you stories or grandparents told you stories and you just got you know, just enraptured by the emotions and the characters and the settings and the themes and all that, that is a great, great tool. Storytelling is a great tool to use in business as well, especially when you're in an event setting. Now, you've got a short period of time to grab someone's attention no better way to do it than stories. And today I have on expert storyteller Dave Bricker, who is just going to delight you and inform you with some valuable, valuable tips on how to tell stories effectively. And we're going to dive into his interview as soon as we come back from hearing from our sponsor. You know how a lot of small businesses need someone to handle marketing and graphic design, but they just don't have the bandwidth or the budget to hire someone full time? If that sounds like you, then you got to check out DesignPod Studio. DesignPod Studio is a creative agency made up of award-winning designers. They're an affordable, outsourced team that acts just like the in-house team. 
They can help you increase your visibility and sales while helping build an image to match your mission. So if you're a small or medium-sized business, you don't have the resources to bring someone on full-time, like a marketing manager or a graphic designer, they can help fill that need for a fraction of the cost. Get over to designpod.studio, or even better yet, email hello at designpod.studio. Tell them that you heard them on Trade Show University, and you get a free one-hour consultation with the owner, Jess Adnich, who is amazing. So email Jess at hello at designpod.studio right away, because at DesignPod, they help you follow signals and make waves. Welcome back, everybody. Really, really excited to have on today a very, for me, it's this is an exciting speaker because he is a professional speaker, and it's something that whenever I have the opportunity to get on stage, I love it. I just, I feed off that energy, but I am grateful to have someone who is not only a speaker, but an expert storyteller. I want to introduce to you Dave Bricker. Dave has sailed thousands of miles in search of stories. Today, as a speaker, presentation coach, and business storytelling expert, he teaches the art of business transformation through storytelling to leaders, speakers, professionals, and visionaries. Dave, Welcome to Trade Show University. Say hello to all the trade show warriors out there. Jim, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. I've, I've been uh, really, really excited to have you on, knowing your background and, and getting to see some of the work, some of the videos that you, that you have. It's really, really a pleasure to have you on here. For, but for those people who are listening and they're thinking, oh, a storyteller, a, a speaker, how's that tie to, to trade shows? I mean, we know that a lot of trade shows have speakers, but give us uh, some of your background as far as uh, trade shows go. Well, as a speaker, I mean, I live in the event industry, and of course, there are a lot of different kinds of events, and trade shows are just one of them, but of course, many trade shows have keynote speakers at different points during the event, and then, of course, there are people in the booths who need to speak to customers and prospects and form relationships that way. I can't think of a place that's more full of public speakers than a trade show <laughs> event hall. That's Plenty of tie-in there. So true. So true. And I know that you've been uh, diving into the, the digital world or the, uh, the virtual world is all the events that are going on. And I, and I know that that is something that uh, you bring a lot of value there as well. As we start off here, let's talk about those people and businesses that are, are your, your trade show producers, your organizers, and they might be looking for a speaker. Do you have any any tips or maybe even some mistakes that event organizers make when, when looking for and hiring some event speakers? You know, it's interesting, and this is not limited to the uh, event industry, but people tend to confuse expertise and achievement with speaking ability. <laughs> and they'll get somebody, like, imagine yourself sitting in class and you know your teacher really knew the subject matter. And for some reason, it was boring. And then later you think, that was history. It's nothing but stories. How could somebody make history boring? But people do it because they have the expertise they don't know how to teach. And how many times have you been to the Chamber of Commerce breakfast and fallen asleep in your scrambled eggs because they have got a speaker who took a company public 
or is the head administrator of a hospital or whatever it is. And you know, this person's got expertise, but they don't have the speaking ability. They don't know how to engage the audience and they get up and they do a big data dump presentation and they put everybody to sleep. They don't get any business. They're not helping the organization that hired them any because people join these things because of the monthly meetings to, to connect with, with better information. To me, it's, it's a lose-lose. And instead of finding somebody with that incredible vertical expertise in a particular niche, I mean, grab them if they know how to speak, but you're better off having someone who's a professional speaker who can help people with their sales, help people attract and retain talent, help people reduce stress in the workplace. There's plenty of business value that professional speakers offer that is not necessarily tied to a particular industry. And you'll get a lot more value because if you're not laughing, you're not learning. And professional speakers know that and if you want your event to be a success, boring speakers are not going to help you no matter how much they know. That is so true. And I'm sure that anyone who's listening out there has been at numerous events, shows, and has and is probably thinking in their mind one or two or maybe dozens of people that have popped in their head of that, that type of uh, speaker that just puts them to sleep that you're like, Oh my gosh, this is what I woke up early to get here to the opening keynote for. And this person's putting me to sleep. So, so true. So what, how do they get beyond that? What are the, what, is, what are some tips where organizations can choose the right person? I, one of, one of my favorite organizations for speakers is the national speakers association. We say it's the NSA that talks, not the NSA that listens <laughs> but <laughs> and they have nsaspeaker.org and you can go to their website and you can type in subject matter expertise and you can find speakers it'll link directly to their website it's not a speakers bureau nobody's taking a percentage of what the speaker charges and you can really go shopping for speakers and reach out to people talk to them engage them in conversation that's that's certainly one level. There are a lot of NSA chapters. I'm here in, in Miami and we have the Florida Speakers Association, which takes care of South Florida. There are a bunch of chapters. You can find local speakers, of course, with so much remote speaking going on. It doesn't matter where the speaker is. They're probably not getting on a plane for a little while longer. And yeah, shop around. Another place is look into your local Toastmasters organizations. Toastmasters got over, I think, 325,000 people around the world. That's a lot of speakers. Most of them are not professional speakers. But if you call a, a local Toastmasters club and you can find out where they're located at Toastmasters.org, they're all over the world. And they've got a few rock stars in there who they might be able to refer you to, local speakers, and then build relationships with those, with those people, especially the local people, because if they do a good job, you're going to want them to come back. And most of them have more than 45 minutes of content to offer. Absolutely. And one thing that I, I have learned through the years is that some of the 
best, most memorable, and most valuable talks I've ever heard, or people that I've never even heard of before. It's it's people that I I go for the big name. You know, you go to the, the opening keynote or the closing keynote because it's that big CEO of XYZ company or something. And it's just not all that good. But then you go to a breakout session and you you listen to somebody who you've never heard of before and they're phenomenal. So I love the idea of going to Toastmasters or something I never thought of before. And I'm sure you can get those people at a greatly uh, lower price than obviously some of your big name uh, speakers as well. And, and that's probably true. I mean, there are people there who are very good who might just want the experience, but be careful before you do that. Because I mean, I, I know keynoters who charge twenty twenty five thousand dollars for a, a single, for a 45 minute keynote. And that sounds like an exorbitant amount of money, but the reason they get booked over and over, and these aren't famous people, these are not celebrities you've heard of, but they deliver more value than their fee. And a good speaker is going to teach you, teach your organization skills that they can put to work that are going to offer quantifiable value. So instead of worrying about what the price is, and yeah, look, we all have limited budgets and we need to worry about what the price is. But an, ex- an example is a tech company. If somebody steals one of their employees, it costs them 15 grand to onboard a new employee. So if somebody's a speaker who talks about how to attract and retain top talent and they deliver information and management and they keep five employees on board, who cares what they charged for the keynote? <laughs> so it's, it's, really, it's really about the value. And there are some incredible speakers out there who offer incredible value. Now, that is such, such great truth right there, because if it, like you said, it doesn't really matter how much uh, if that you're their speaker is charging because if they deliver value multiple times of what they're charging, then you'll pay that every day. You'll bring them over and over and over again because of the great value. Fantastic. It's about value. Broke people make bail every day. (laughs) (laughs) Broke people make bail every day. I got to write that one down. But I love how you said, uh, deliver more value than the fee, deliver more value than the fee. And that sounds like a great piece of advice for anyone who wants to be a speaker or is a a speaker. And that's something that I learned many, many years ago, the first time I got an opportunity to, to give a talk and seeing the return that we get from being on stage, being in front of a, a group of people who might be in your, your target audience how valuable that is. And every single conference, expo, trade show, and now all these virtual events have that opportunity to be able to do that, to get in front of that audience. So let's, let's shift gears to that, uh, to, to someone who might be looking to become a speaker. And like you said, that, that great piece of advice there, that adding more value, what, what tips would you have for for someone from from one speaker to another speaker how about some of your your best tips there well i think you know as as a business storyteller i I mean and and i'll summarize this because but any story stories are always about people that's the golden rule of storytelling if you're not talking about people you're not telling stories if you're not telling stories you're not connecting and if you're not connecting you're not selling (laughs) And for anybody who is uncomfortable with the S word selling, I'm one of those people who hates being sold to. I don't like 
commercialism. It's not my style. So when I talk about selling, I mean, selling could be, oh, I really want somebody to, to like me. I'm going to go out on a date. It could be, I got to convince my kid to go to bed. We are all in the business of influence and persuasion, whether we're doing it for profit or not. So learning some of those storytelling skills is important. And stories are always about people. So if you're talking about prices, processes, ingredients, or data, you're not talking about people. <laughs> so what is it that people are looking for? People are looking for outcomes. They're looking for results. So whether when you're creating a speech, and I'm going to use the word speech generically, it could be a sales pitch. It could be, it really could be any form of human communication. Think about first thing, what is the value to the audience? How, what is the transformation? How do you want them to think, feel, or act differently after they've heard your presentation? Because if you get up there and talk about yourself, they're going to listen for about three minutes and decide that whatever you're talking about is about you and is not about them. And they're going to go to their phone and check their email where they're going to find some opportunity. People getting up there and talking about themselves. You know, narcissism is the only disease in the world where the sicker you are, the better you feel. And <laughs> nobody wants to watch people get up there and talk about themselves. Including, I mean, just as one example, the if I can do it, you can do it stories. You know, we, we've all seen the presentation where somebody gets up and said, oh, I had a wonderful wife and kids and a great career. And then I got into drugs and alcohol and ended up sleeping behind a dumpster. And then, you know, somebody waved their magic wand. I found the Lord or I found a great therapist or I found whatever I found. And now I'm here speaking to, do, to you and I'm a nobody. And if I can do it, you can do it. You know, we, we get people doing their therapy on the platform and it's all very motivating, except for that person in the audience who just can't do it, just can't pull themselves out of the same rut. And then they really feel like a loser. And it's, it's, it's self-indulgent. We, it's all about transforming the audience in some way, whether you're teaching them a business skill, improving their confidence, helping them be more efficient, help them enjoy their work environment, help them communicate more effectively. The list goes on and on and it affects people from the top to the bottom of an organization and, and in personal relationships and all walks of life. I love that. How you said it. it's gotta be about people. It's gotta be, because that's what it does. We relate, we relate to stories and, and, and if it's about data, I, I can't relate to data but I can relate to stories and maybe what someone did with that data or how they mined that data or what a difference that data made for them and their business. So great, great tips there. And, and Jim, you can you cut this if you want, but before <laughs> we jumped on and hit record, uh, let's pull, pull back the curtain for a moment. What was the question I asked you before we went, started our recording session today? What was the question? <laughs> it was about <laughs> about the pain point of your audience you can oh yeah, you can oh, yeah. It. i was thinking what is the audience looking for yeah what is the pain yeah. point yeah yeah so what yeah what is the pain point of the people that are listening my audience here right yeah. so i mean we all love to talk about ourselves but i'd rather talk about myself in the context of people in the trade show industry they're dealing with 
COVID. And, and look, I can relate. I'm in the speaking industry. I'm in the right. same industry. We all just got whacked, right? And we're all regrouping and figuring out how to go virtual and trying to adapt to whatever the new normal is going to be. But that, that opening conversation is all about, you know, we're both here to serve an audience right now. And something I want to bring back something that you said a little bit earlier, and, and this is something that uh, we all need to we all need to integrate into just the way we talk to people. And that is, if you're not, if they're not laughing, they're not learning. And I love that because that is so true. When you get people laughing, it there's something in our brain that makes us remember, that makes us feel good about it as well. So, do you have? Uh, I know and there's some people that they don't. Oh, I'm not very funny. How do I, do I have to tell a joke? What is it? I'm not a good joke teller. What? So any tips on on how to incorporate humor that doesn't come across as awkward or offensive or anything like that? Well, I've coached a lot of people in humorous speaking contests, and I get asked this question a lot. They say, oh, I'm just not funny. And I always say, people who try to be funny are usually not funny. It's like yeah. trying to fall asleep. It usually doesn't happen until you stop trying. <laughs> so find the greatest disaster. Tell me a story about the worst date you ever went on, the camping trip where it rained and everything got soaked and, and you really wanted to impress your, your date or your kids or whoever you dragged along on this godforsaken mission and everything went wrong. Disaster stories are funny because if you've survived it and you're now there laughing at yourself, the audience will laugh with you. And you know, I, I can tell you stories of sailing trips that really went awry and I can make those really harrowing. But if you build up the layers and then this happened, you know, so I ran aground and then the tide went out and the boat lay over on its side and bounced on the bottom. And then, and then, and it's just, it's this succession of comedic errors. And just imagine telling telling your biggest disaster story at a party. Everybody's laughing because it gets worse and worse and worse. But here you are. You made it through. The conclusion is, is built in. That's, I think, disasters. Being able to laugh at your own disaster story and allow other people to do it too. I mean, it could be anything. It could be a divorce story. Some of those are horrible. But after you've lived through it, it's like, oh, and then she did this, and then she did that, and oh, you're not gonna believe this. And it's like, yeah, wow, that's outrageous. But people commiserate. And what you learn when you do more speaking is the audience is really on your side. They want you to succeed. And if you're up there laughing at yourself and you've been through the fire and survived, it, it helps them feel that they're gonna survive too. It's really a service. That's awesome. Really, really love all that. Everything that you said there is so good. And if somebody is, is out there and they're, they're maybe a little nervous about getting up on stage, maybe they, maybe they're being asked to give a talk, whether that's virtually, it doesn't matter if you're in front of a, a webcam or if you're in front of a big audience, the nerves can still be the same. They can still definitely be the same. And, but you said something that's just so, so good and so comforting is that your audience wants you to succeed. They're there listening to you. And, and I, I love that for anybody who is speaking, because put yourself in, in 
on the other side, when you're the attendee, you're the person sitting in the audience here, you're, you're waiting and you're listening to this keynote or the workshop or whatever. You don't want it to be bad because that's your time that you're investing. You want it to be good. So people want you to succeed. I love that, Dave. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's something I'm going to take with me as well, because I think that's very, very valuable for anyone. And what happens is some of you know, some of my mentors told me, say, it's not a question of if you're going to bomb, but when. If you do any speaking, sooner or later, you're going to run into that tough audience, or maybe you didn't know it, but something really terrible happened in their town that day, or maybe their football team lost. You don't know what's put up, or maybe you're the 8 a.m. speaker and nobody wants to be there because it's Sunday morning and they're all hung over from Saturday, any <laughs> number of things, but, you know, there's a learning experience in every failure and then you, it just prepares you. That happened to me and it was a rite of passage. Oh, I bombed. I did it. I've got, check the box. I'm okay with that. I mean, I never want to bomb. I never want to disappoint an audience, but it's like learning to play a musical instrument. You're going to play some wrong notes. You're going to break a string. Your time's not going to be good for a while and you just keep working at it. There's an interesting study. I'll geek out about it just a little bit. I forget who conducted the study, but you can look it up. And they measured the stress hormone levels, the cortisone levels of people who are doing parachute jumps. And as you would expect, the people on their first jump, cortisol levels through the roof. They're like, I am up here in an airplane with the door open, getting ready to jump out. Am I crazy? And then they measured the cortisol levels of people who had done many, many jumps, who were comfortable with it, can't wait to jump out of the airplane and float in the sky before they pull the cord. And they found that the cortisol levels were the same. The wow. difference is it's that dopamine. It's that rush. Like, this is going to be so much fun. So what happens is I think it's completely normal to be nervous I know people who've been speaking for decades. It's interesting. Sometimes it hits me afterward. I'll do my performance and I'll get off the stage and I'm shaking like, what's this? <laughs> you know, it hits me <laughs> afterward. It, that's just part of being human and it's normal. The more you do it, the more you begin to anticipate the rush. And what also happens is you realize that you're going to get in front of people and you're going to make them laugh. You're going to make them think. You're going to inspire them to grow. People are going to come up to you afterward and tell you how grateful they were that you reached them. And you stop thinking so much about your own fear and you start thinking a little bit more about the impact you're going to have on this group of people. I just say turn nervous into service. You're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about people. And it's a process like learning to play an instrument. You practice, you grow, and, and you get some help. You get some teaching. Like I talked about the teachers. Nobody teaches them how to teach. Oh, you, I mean, I was a university professor for, for many years. And here, you got your degree. Here's your students. Go figure out how to teach them. It's crazy, but that's how it's done. <laughs> so true. Yes, yes. And I love that. Turn nervous into service. 
That is just, that's gold right there. So well, everyone remember, you. write that down, turn nervous into service. So, and, and, and we've all heard the, the, whatever the statistics are, but that people dread public speaking more than they do death. <laughs> so, right. so, and it's not, it's not near as bad, but, but turn that nervousness, turn that into serving your audience. And that, that's just such, so great. You've, you've, and, you've brought so yeah, many great, and you know what, look, like, oh, I'm so terrified to get in front of people. And, well, it's not going to hurt you to be scared. It's all in your mind. You're going to get up and look, if you're learning, you might blow your lines. You, you, you might wring your hands and do unconscious, nervous, fidgety things with your butt. Well, nobody's going to hate you or throw you in jail or set you on fire. You're going to get up there and you'll get through it and you'll be really surprised. You're going to get a lot of applause at the end of that experience. And you might think, gee, I can do that. And I've seen people, I'm a big fan of Toastmasters. I think it's a fantastic organization. It's some of the cheapest and most effective professional development you can find. I've seen people come in, you know, the people who are so pathologically shy that they, they give you the limp noodle handshake and look at their <laughs> shoes. And two or three months later, they're up there on the platform and you, you'd think they were celebrities or something. They, they find that. And it's so rewarding to see. And it's, it's an extremely effective organization program. And you get what no coach can give you. I coach speakers all the time. And I tell them all go to Toastmasters because I can't give you an audience. We can yeah. practice one-on-one -on -one and you'll learn and you'll grow. But unless you get in front of people and see how that joke's going to land, what impact that pause is going to have on the audience, then it's all theory. Yes. Yes. And, and I know, oh my gosh, a lot of, a uh, lot of, colleagues that have gone through Toastmasters and it is fantastic. They rave about it and look forward to it. And like you said, until you get in, up in front of a group of people, you could do it in front of the mirror. You could do it in front of the video camera, all that you want, but until you get in front of a group of people and the best part about Toastmasters, it's not just a group of people. It's a group of people who want you to win. And they want, and they're there to support you, and they're there to applaud you, no matter how bad you may have bombed or how bad. <laughs> yeah. But they're there to, to help you and say, "Hey, here's what you need to work on," and and you can go back the next week, and you can go back the next week, and keep getting better and better and better. So if anyone's out there who wants is looking to become better as speakers, check out the local Toastmasters organization in your area. I'm sure that would be, uh, there's, there's some in almost every corner of this country and, and around the world. It's just a phenomenal organization. Yeah, Toastmasters.org. And you can, there's a find a club section there. So let's, let's uh, hit one more area. And I think you already touched on it. And that is putting speaking skills to good use when you're working at a trade show booth. Because I know that there's a lot of people that just don't do a very good job at working a booth and because uh, like uh, you and I had we talked uh, before before starting here that the, you're an introvert I know I am an introvert also and it's it's forcing myself to bust that mold a little bit and saying it's going to be okay I can actually talk to people and they're going to be okay so what what tips uh, would you have for those people you know it's interesting it's really the same as Stop, stop selling your product and start selling your outcomes. And if you can ask 
the right questions and find out, you know, what somebody's looking for. Don't pull everybody who's walking by and it is not everybody needs your product. And I mean, look, somebody, somebody might call me and say, Hey, I need, you know, can you speak on this? And I'll say, you know, I'm not really a branding speaker. Call my friend, Bruce Turkel. He's fantastic at that. And get steer people to the right place. You don't have to sell everything to everybody. But if you can find somebody and they're in an industry that you can serve and they've got a problem that you can solve, listen to them. Stop talking. The most important presentation skill is as storytelling is great. Story listening is divine. <laughs> listen to people, find out what their pain points are, make an honest assessment of whether or not you can help them. And then they don't, they don't care how they don't care about the voltage and the square footage and they don't care about the specs at least not at first uh, they they care about what's the impact going to be on their business or on themselves does it does it save money does it make money does it reduce stress does it improve communication what what is it that is going to make people feel better the most important thing you have to sell is your own relationship worthiness is people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And we've heard it a million times, but it's so powerful and so important because once you like somebody, I mean, I can think of my favorite restaurant and I've eaten everything on the menu a hundred times. I'm tired of them. <laughs> but when I go there, I know the food's going to be good. And I know that, you know, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna bring me you know, my, they, they know that I don't eat dairy products. I don't have to ask. They remember me. Hey, Dave, how you doing tonight? Good to see you. And it's the relationship that has me coming back over and over and over. Absolutely. And that's that. It is just so true that we buy from people we know, like, and trust. And, and what a better way of get people to like you, get them laughing and, and start relating to them, talk about, but listen first, listen first. I, I've, I don't know how many people that I've met at shows that I, I, I just click with. But then they start rambling and they don't they don't ask me questions to find out what my needs are. And they start selling and selling and selling. And I'm like, no, I, I don't, I, yeah, I need to be, I, yeah. how do I extract myself from this conversation without right. being rude? Exactly. You know, they, or they sit you down and they start spraying product on you or something. It's like, no, that's not, I mean, I'm, I'm not cattle coming down to shoot. <laughs> I'm a human being. Treat me with respect and, and, and ask, ask me about my business and about what my needs are. And, and if you can't help me say, God, I wish I could help you with that, but you know, Charlie across the aisle, there's got a product that might be perfect for you. And it might be your biggest competitor. So what? Right. Right. They're going to remember you. Mm -hmm. And Charlie's going to refer you somebody. He's going to be so surprised to have gotten business from you. We're so needlessly competitive. Oh, that is. You, you hit that one right on the head. We are, we are. And I think one, one good thing I think I have seen coming through this whole pandemic, I think some of the barriers are coming down. Some of the walls are coming down. I see some, some companies who are natural competitors. They're reaching across from each other. They're doing some collaborating. They're being a little more friendly with each other because we're all in the same boat of, of trying to survive and, and, and thrive, get, get through this whole thing and figure everything out. And I think we need each other. We need each other. 
But Dave, you have brought so much value today. Oh my gosh. I, there were so many things I love about that. You know, get people laughing and then they'll, you know, get people laughing and then they'll start learning, deliver more value than your fee. But really stories need to be about people. Remember that everybody listening, remember that because how many times, and Dave, you hit on it. We're telling stories about our data. Our, this is how much our product is better than this. And it performs at this level. And this, you know, I, I lose all the numbers, but you start telling me some, some success stories about people and how this, how it's impacted. That is when people start to remember. So great, great stuff. If you could uh, give us, boil it down to one or two key things you really want people to take away, what would those be? Number one, stories are always about people. If you're not talking about people, you're not telling stories. If you're not telling stories, you're not connecting. If you're not connecting, you're not selling. And I think, I think right there is important. Sell the transformation, not the conflict. You know, find it's about outcomes. It's about results. And, you know, and the other one is presentation skills are really essential, but they can be learned by anybody. Great stuff. Thank you so much for those. So Dave, if someone wants to learn more about you, wants to see some of your work, see you in action, what should they do? They should go to Story Sailing. That's S-A-I-L-I-N-G, like a sailboat, storysailing.com. And I've got my blog there. I've got lots of video content. God, I've got over 100,000 words of blog content. You can find out uh, about my books and things like that. And if you Uh, are interested in coaching or perhaps workshops for your organization, training, whatever, then let's have a conversation and see if I'm a good fit. So get over to storysailing.com. You won't be disappointed. You are going to find yourself smiling a lot, like just like I did when I, when I was checking through uh, Dave's website and please do check out his blog so much great value there in, in the different articles that he's got up there. Really, really phenomenal stuff. So Dave, thank you so much for, for joining me here on Trade University. Greatly appreciate it. And we'll have to, hopefully I'll see you at a live event sometime soon. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> and Jim, thank you. It's been a pleasure to be on your show. It's a pleasure is all mine. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Reach out to Dave. Check him out at storysailing.com. And please continue to come back. Go back and binge on some old episodes. If you're looking for tips on virtual events, on live events, whatever it is that you're going through, listen to more episodes of Trade Show University. Subscribe and get over to my website and sign up for our email newsletter. And we'll see you next time right here on campus at Trade Show University. Are you an event professional and you haven't signed up for the Trade University newsletter yet? What are you waiting for? It's free and you get tips, you get all sorts of great stuff, and I've got a free gift for you. Get over to my website at tradeshowu.biz. That's tradeshow, the letter U.biz. Get over there now.